dealing with telephone prospecting with Jim. So um, if you got a notebook or for all the Gen Zs who write on your phones, write on your phones, um, and the, the, the Gen Xers who write on their on their remarkables. Um, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna move fast. There's a question, why is telephone prospecting so hard? Because you're interrupting people. It's talking with people because you're interrupting them. And when you interrupt people, what do they do? They push back, they reject you. Well, we were just having a conversation up here, um, and uh, who's the, 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 right with this one right here, go dogs. Um, or, or, I can't even say it, Auburn, so. Uh, but the young man that was talking to me, who came to him to Thompson from time to time, who I buy in my office right there. Tell me what your name is. Tell me what your name is. Yeah. Mitch. Mitch says, I'm calling existing customers, you know, people that we do business with. That's hard too. And that's the thing about telephone prospecting. When you're calling existing customers, or you're calling inactive customers, or you're calling anybody, you're interrupting someone's day. And when you interrupt their day, just like when someone interrupts your day, you get a bad reaction. So, if you're going to call someone and interrupt them, how should you do it? Apologize. You should apologize. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's that? Okay, no. Right, because think about it. If you interrupt me and I'm in the middle of watching a cat video, you have five minutes, what am I going to say? No. No. I'm watching cat videos. I mean, you're interrupting their day. They don't have five minutes. They have five minutes later to call you. I'm just going to take a couple months of your time. You be direct and tell them why. You be direct. Tell me what your name is. Amy. Amy says you be direct, get to the point, and get off the phone. <laughs> You're going to interrupt someone, make it fast, and make it impactful. And this is the first lesson in how to deal with objections. So when you're prospecting by phone, you are going to get rejections. But the best objection that you get is the one that never happened because you were so good when you called them in the first place. And to do that, we use a five-step telephone prospecting framework, proven it works. And it sounds like this. Amy, um, how do you do? I'm in business development for Nordic. You're in business development for Nordic. Okay, you're, you're in business development for Nordic. So I might say, hi, Amy. Get your attention by saying your name, not do you have five minutes, I Amy. Right? The easiest, fastest way to grasp someone's attention, say their name. Say my name, say my name, say my name. Beyonce's in the house. Yeah. Say my name. So I'm gonna say, hi, Amy. My name is Jeb with Sales Gravy. So I'm gonna say your name and I'm gonna tell you who I am. The reason I'm going to do that is that when you interrupt someone's day, the first question is, who are you and what do you want? Right? And then I'm going to say the reason I'm calling is to grab a few minutes of your time. So right up front, without any hesitation, no beating around the bush, I'm going to say, hi, Amy, grab your attention, tell you who I am, identify myself. This is Jeff with Sales Gravy. The reason that I'm calling is I want some of your time. Now, her brain knows exactly why I'm calling. This makes make her happy. I still interrupted her. But it at least opens the door to listen. Because at that point, if you don't know why I'm calling, the only, you're thinking, the only thing you're thinking about is, who are you and what do you want? And you've had that happen to you. You've been on calls with people, and you've asked them for some time, or you said, hey, is this a good time, or can I have five minutes? And they go, who are you and what do you want? And you know what it's like? As soon as that happens, you tense up, and suddenly you lose the ability to speak. 
Then I'm going to give you a reason to meet with me. So I'm going to tell you what I want, time, and then I'm going to tell you why. Hi, Amy, this is Jeff from Sales Green. The reason I'm calling is grab through this your time because my company's fanatical prospecting program has been successful at helping DDRs and SDRs just like you 3x their pipeline in less than 30 days. And I thought you might like to learn how we do that. How about we get together Thursday at 2? So I'm getting to the point fast. If you think about that, that took about 30 seconds. So I'm getting to yes, no, or maybe as fast as I can. If the because statement's good enough, and I'm confident enough, you know, so I said, it. how about we get Thursday at 2? I didn't say, would 3 or 4 o'clock work for you, which you can do, but I didn't say that. I didn't say, how, what's a good time for you? I didn't make your brain have to work for it. I just gave you time. Thursday at 2. And you're either going to say, yes, that works for me. Or you're going to negotiate the time, which is still a yes. Or you're going to say no, which usually is in the form of click. Or F you and the horse you rode in on click. Or you're going to say maybe. And maybe it's going to come in the form of an objection. Make sense? And this because statement is really important. There's a reason why we use the word because. And it's, it's came from a, a, a sociology study back in the late 1970s. And you'll read this in a lot of human behavior books. But a, a, a Harvard University researcher, a group of her graduate students, went to New York City. And they went into the New York City library system, and they went into marketing firms on Madison Avenue, and they turned off all the copy machines except for one. Now, how many people in here remember the 70s? Okay, good. There's a few. Okay, great. So, so the, if you remember the 70s, we were nuts over copies. Like, if someone asked you to do something and you needed to get out of work, you would go, can't do it right now, got to go make copies. And everybody would go, yeah, copies. <laughs> I worked in an office where the copy machine and the coffee machine were right next to each other. So there'd be a line for the coffee, copy machine, and then you'd get some coffee and you'd talk for a little while. Pretty soon people started making so, more copies, so many copies, they'd give you this little key that you had to put in the copy machine. They counted how many copies you could make you've been there. And then people, by the way, all the Gen Z's and millennials in the room, people used to get fired because of the copy machine at Christmas parties. Because instead of posting something stupid on Facebook, they would take copies of their private parts, and somehow that would get around. So we were nuts over copy machines. They would go in and they would cut off all the copy machines except for one. And in front of that one copy machine, a line would form. So imagine there's a whole line of people, they're all waiting there. And let's just say that, oh, Amy over here, she's waiting to make copies and she's sitting here and she's maybe, you know, maybe you gotta go to the restroom, but you've been waiting for a while, but you're not using your place in line. And uh, Mitch over here pops up in front of you and says, Amy, can I cut in front of you? And you're going to say, no. No, and the horse you rode in on. This is New York City, all right? New York. So, so they, uh, they, 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 you get back in line again. You've been waiting for a while, you know, and then, and then they send in someone else. What's your name again from Alaska? Keith. They send Keith up there. And Amy, you've been sitting here just 30 minutes. Keith comes up in front of you and he says, Amy, can I cut in front of you because my boss is going into a meeting with her boss and she needs these five copies? What would you say? Uh, you would say, uh, yes. 94% of the time, right? 94% of the time. But then they would run the experiment again and there, there'd be Amy, she'd be waiting there 45 minutes, waiting, 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 right? And then, uh, is that Jesse right there? Ooh, man, my eyesight's working. Jesse, 
Jesse would come up and he would say, um, Amy, can I cut in front of you because I need to make some copies? And you would say, no. No. Turns out that 93% of the time you said yes. They ran the experiment over and over and over and over again. They kept coming up with the same results. And what it came down to is that the word because tells the brain that a reason is coming. And human beings are more likely to comply with your request when you give them a reason, even if the reason is a name. And it works in prospecting. It works in life. I don't have time to get into it, but I can tell you stories. When I use because, all the stuff that I get, it's crazy. Because <laughs> I figure, I mean, in real life, I've probably got a 70% probability of getting a yes if I give them a because, and it's at least relevant. Then I'm not saying we may need to make things up. But we know that this is just brain science. If you, if you give them a reason, they're more likely to, require for, to comply with your request. And when you use the word because, it triggers the brain to be ready for a reason. Because we help SDRs and VADRs 3x their pipelines in less than 30 days. I don't know you'd like to learn how we do that. How about Thursday at 2? So it can be that simple. By the way, with small businesses, it works really well. You say, because I'd like to learn a little bit more about you and your business, it just works. Because you're giving them a reason. I want to come listen to you. What doesn't work is I want to talk to you about what I'm doing. So when you come up with something that is vaguely relevant, people are likely to talk to you. So what we're trying to do when we interrupt people is to, to skip over the objection. If I can just get them to say yes. And effective because statements are relevant to them. They are authentic. So not a bunch of stuff that's made up. They are empathetic. You step into their shoes and you, you see things from their point of view. Because I work with a lot of sales development reps and I know how much stress you're under every single day to produce. And I've got a system that will take that stress away and give you peace of mind that when you come in the morning, you're going to hit your number every day. How about we get together Thursday too? I'll show you how that works. So that's relevant, stepping into your shoes. And compelling. So compelling is it drives them to action. It makes them want to do something. You with me? Mm -hmm. So your because statement should fit those, those boundaries. So here's what I want you to do. What I want you to do is I want you to, right there, sitting right now, grab your pen, grab your phone, I'm gonna give you a couple of minutes, and I just want you to write a because statement. And I want you to think about because statements like this. No matter how you're prospecting, whether it's an email, in person, text, social phone, video message, you can use this because statement, especially when you interconnect them together across the sequence of prospecting touches, to get people to pay attention to you. Make sense? So I want you to write one because statement down, okay? So everybody go. Write a because statement. This is a reason why someone should set an appointment with you.
All right, who wants to give me, read me their Bacall statement right here? Okay, just come on over here. Don't mind. Just turn around and face them. Stephen, Bacall statement. How's it going, everybody? Stephen Marcelino with the uh, Polis Electric out of New York. New York. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You, you cut some in line in New York. And you... Hey. 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 Um, so I call someone, you know, my because statement. Lapolis Electric can offer unparalleled electrical and customer service to ensure your facility remains operable, safe, efficient, and hazard free. Okay, who are you calling? Um, facilities manager, director okay. of engineering, something. What's like the that. life of the facility manager, facility director like? Very hectic. Okay, like what? Um, problems in the building, tenant requests. Um, you know, making sure operations don't go down. Okay, so total shit show all day. All day. Okay, great. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so what you did, your because statement is you talked about you. So remember I said, do I like you? The most unlikable human being in the world is the person standing in front of you talking about themselves. So let's rework this. So if they're dealing with a total, you know what, show every single day, big old room full of horse manure, right? How would you shift that so that it would connect with them, it would be relevant and compelling to them? What do you do? How do you help them? How can Lapolis Electric ensure your facility doesn't go down or remains operable? Okay. What happens if their facility goes down? They lose money, someone can get hurt. Okay. Because, what's the name of your company again? Lapolis Electric. Lapolis? Because my organization has been exceedingly successful at helping facility directors reduce their stress and gain peace of mind that people are going to be safe on the job because we keep all the vital systems up and running. And I'd like to show you a three-step plan for how we do that. How about we get together Thursday at 2? What do you think? I'll be there. Okay, good. So, what, what was the difference? You made a compelling statement to you know, show empathy towards the situation of the facility manager to draw in their attention. Right. So, and, and so think about it. A lot of times you get objections because your message is all about you, and it delivers no value. You're interrupting someone's day and asking them for time, the one thing they don't have. So if you, if you give them something that gives them no value whatsoever, I just want to come in and talk about me, there's a, there's a higher probability, remember the probability of discipline? Higher probability they'll say, say no. So what I want to do is I want to lower the probability of getting a no while increasing the probability of getting a yes without decreasing the number of times that I ask. That, that's the formula for sales success, by the way, another time. So, so in that situation, all, all I did was you said, we're awesome, we're great, we're this. I said, you're going through a chaos every single day. The last thing you need is all the stress on your shoulders. And what I do is I help you Make sure that everything in your system is up and running so that your people are safe, if that's what they're worried about. And if it was money, everything in your system is running so that you don't get unexpected hits to the P&L that sink your quarter. You see, you see the difference? So if it's relevant, you reduce the probability of getting a no. All right, thank you, Steve. I'll give him a hand. Well done. How much time I got? 24 minutes. Woo! Speed date. Okay. So that's the call statement. 
And, and we can literally sit here all day long, take these statements, and we can change them. All we're doing is we're thinking about how do I make it relevant to you? How do I make it compelling to you? Make sense? Now, here's what I want you to do next. What I want you to do next is I want you to, on a piece of paper, write down your top five most frequent, frequent objections when you ask for time with prospecting. So when you're interrupting a stranger, and this can, by the way, it could be via email, it could be on the phone, it could be in person, it could be calling existing customers, it could be calling old customers, it could be calling closed lost customers, but I want you to write down the top five most frequent objections and just write, rank them um, by frequency. So if the, this number one would be the most frequent, number five would be the least frequent. Emotional control, emotional discipline. 
If we go back to, say, 40,000 years ago, when the human brain was first coming into its own, when it was evolving to its modern form, we all lived in caves, we lived in huts, we lived in teepees, we lived in small groups of human beings. And if in those groups you couldn't get along, you got kicked out of the cave. And if you get kicked out of the cave 40,000 years ago, there was no Uber Eats, so it was survival for real. There were, when you, know, when you were out hunting, there was typically something hunting you. There were, there were other tribes out there that were looking to take your scarce resources. It was cold, it was dark, you had nothing, you died. So human beings, over time, who developed a sensitivity to rejection, who knew where the line was drawn, who knew how to get along with other people, those individuals were much more likely to pass on their DNA. And even today, this serves us very well. In today's world, it's a double-edged sword. On one hand, our sensitivity to being rejected allows us to get along in groups like this, to be able to get along with our boss and not get fired, to get through school, to deal with our families. But on the other hand, the other side of the sword, it's a really big problem because it kills us when it comes to sales. Because that sensitivity to rejection holds us back, makes us hesitate, makes us come off as insecure, causes us to lose our ability to speak when we get a no, even though it's a prospecting call and we're not getting kicked out of the cave. And, and what's important, the reason that I teach this, is because a lot of people who are dealing with the way that it feels, right? So I'm making these prospecting calls, you know, mid-share conversation up here around, you know, making the call, but it's existing customers and it's still hard. But there's gotta be days when you look at it, you're going, Mitch, what's wrong with me? But the truth is there's nothing wrong with you. This is not psychological, this is physiological. This is baked into your DNA. And it's something called fight or flight. When you face a threat, your body kicks off an entire neurophysical response to that threat. And there are two types of threats that we face in the world. There are physical threats, that can be like a tiger chasing you, and there are social threats, like being rejected. Essentially, the two things we fear the most are being killed and being rejected. Now, I work with military recruiters in all branches of the military, and there's not a training that goes by that I don't have a military recruiter say to me, look, I'd rather get shot at than call teenagers. <laughs> and they're not taking money like you are. They're giving money away. So I'm, I asked him, like, so you would rather get shot at than call a teenager and tell them you got a $50,000 scholarship for them? Yeah, man, I'm, I just can't stand it. I get all, you know, all in here, and I got videos of this, this is what's amazing. <laughs> and it just tells you, like, we fear these two things, but it's, the fear of rejection is so irrational that we fear rejection worse than death. Now, when you get rejected, when you're on the phone call and the person says no or whatever they say, what happens is a neurological response comes from this little, this little gland in your, um, in your brain called the amygdala, and it sends it through the brain stem. Now, in a normal world, it would send it to the neocortex where we think, where we're rational. Someone would say, I can't meet with you today because I'm happy with my current vendor. And it would go to the neocortex, and the neocortex would go, oh, you can't meet with me? I know exactly how to handle that. Oh, you're happy with them? Oh, I, I've got the words for that. But it didn't work like that. They say, yeah, I don't need time right now. And we go, oh, well, what's a better time for you? The brain sends the signal, what to do in the situation, to the adrenal glands, not to the neocortex. The adrenal glands kick off adrenaline. And that adrenaline causes blood to begin rushing into your muscles. 
picking up glucose and oxygen along the way, which is why you start breathing a little bit faster. And the body's basically getting you ready to run or fight. This happened to me just a few weeks ago. My wife and I were out on our farm in Tolliver County, uh, just down the road, and I saw something out of the corner of my eye and I grabbed her. I almost threw her on the ground and dodged out of the way. It was a snake. I didn't think, it just reacted. I mean, I didn't stop and go, what kind of snake is that? <laughs> it turned out it was an okay snake, but we got out of the way first, then we went back and think. And that's how the, the body treats the situation when you feel threatened. Getting kicked out of the cave is a threat. And by the way, your brain, the way that it operates when there's a threat is the way exactly when it operated 40,000 years ago. In fact, it's like your brain fell asleep by a campfire, woke up yesterday on a call block calling people, and you couldn't think. And the reason you can't think is that as blood runs into your muscles, it has to take blood away from other parts of your body. In other words, there's not enough blood to go around. So non-essential organs get depleted of blood. One of those non-essential organs, the oldeo cortex, which is why when you get a prospecting objection and you start mumbling, you're doing so with the cognitive capacity of a drug primate. <laughs> So the problem for us is that when we're dealing with these objections, and especially when people come and ask me, is, Jeff, what do I say? I'm checking my time. What do I say? How do I say it? And my answer always is, first, we need to interrupt what's happening in your body. Then we're going to talk about what to say. Because you can memorize what to say. But if you don't deal with the neurophysical impact of fight or flight, you're still going to have a hard time. And we use a three-step process to do this, or a framework to do this, called ledge, disrupt, and ask. Now, the ledge statement is what neuroscientists call the, quarter, the magical quarter second that gives your rational brain, your neocortex, to wake up and say to your adrenal glands and the rest of the brain, dude, everybody, stop. Stop. We're not getting kicked out of the cave. It's just some schmuck on the phone who's telling us no. We got this. We're okay. And you need that magic order second to get that control. Once you get that executive control, everything gets easy. And, and a ledge can be a number of things. A ledge is a basic ledge statement. For example, if somebody over here at Amy, I call Amy up and she goes, I'm too busy. I might say, that's exactly why I called. I said it all the time. People say I'm happy, I go, fantastic. You know, people say, um, look, we're really not interested. I go, I figured you'd probably say that. All the ledge is, is something that I've memorized. So no matter what they say, if someone says I'm busy, I always say that's exactly what I call. I don't have to think about it. But that moment gets me back in control, so then I can deliver a disrupt statement. And all a disrupt statement is, is something that I'm saying in order to disrupt their pattern, which is typically, go away, salesperson, because you interrupted me, and turn them around so they pay attention to me. So if Amy says, I'm busy, say, I'm busy. I'm busy. I said, that's exactly why I called, because I figured you would be. And all I want to do is find a time that's more convenient for you. How about Thursday at 2? About a 70% probability of turning around a prospecting objection, because her brain doesn't know what hit it, because no one says that. That's exactly why I called, because you were busy. And all I want to do is find a time that's more convenient for you because I figured you would be busy. Mags, I figured you would be busy. Because you probably are. Because I interrupted your day. How about we find a convenient time? It works so well that I can actually give you the same time I just gave you and you'll say yes to it. Make sense? Someone says, I'm happy with who we got now. I go, that's fantastic. 
look, anytime you're getting great service and great rates, you should never think about changing. But all I want is an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. And at a minimum, I'll leave you with some competitive rates and I'll keep the other guys honest. How about Thursday at 2? Of course, I can charm. My, we were just talking about my son, but my son was just using that in South Carolina. Wherever you were, he sent me a text message on the airplane. He's like, dude, this works. You know, we're 25 years ago, it still works today. So it's, it's and, then you, and then, of course, you ask. So all the ledge does is give you a moment to kind of catch your thoughts, and then you ask. Now, here's what we're going to do. What we're going to do is practice this. Now, we're going to practice it on the spot because Drew over here, boo, says I only have 11 minutes left. Okay? So where's Matt Warren? Come on, Matt. Jeez. There you go, Matt. Turn these on. So turn it on till it's green. There you go. You got a light on? Okay. And you're gonna say ring ring. Say ring ring. You gotta turn your microphone on. Uh-huh. Yeah, put it on your mouth. You gotta put it right there in your mouth. Yeah. You're gonna say ring ring, you're gonna say hello. You're gonna run through the five-step process. You're gonna say, hi Matt. Hi, Matt. This is Amy. Hey, yep. Hoping. Hoping. That's what I said. Where's that? Where's that? The reason I'm calling is Colin wanted to set up the time today. Because uh, I know you have a beautiful facility there that you're taking care of. I don't know if you're familiar with us, but we have a program in place you know Norton. No, no, you don't want to ask the question. If you ask the question on there, he's gonna he's gonna hit you with that. So let's do this. Uh, Ready? Ring, ring. Okay. Ring, ring. Hello. Hi, Matt. This is Amy. Hi, Matt. From Nordic. We're just on call strap for your time because what do we do for our people? What do we, how do we help? We solve, we solve problems. What problem? What problem? Take care of your. What problem? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people. I'm glad you're the solver. <laughs> what problem? I feel like you're looking for some specific thing. Just give me a problem. Lots of productivity. Because, because we've been. I'd like an industry. Give me some. Give me some well, because we've been insanely successful in helping people in the poultry industry. Oh, okay. okay. Reduce downtime. Yeah. Keep and well. yeah, and broken lines with our five-step maintenance process. I thought you might like to learn how that works. He's doing it, not me. I thought you might like I thought you like, might like to. Go ahead. Just say it. Okay. I'm just trying to get to the point where you don't yeah. know. But, but, okay. Because <laughs> here's the problem. When you say I'm open to maybe getting time on your calendar, you're going to 
So my point is, you got to see boom, 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 boom. No yeah. pause, get to the point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You interrupt the try again. Let's okay. try again. Hello? Hi, Matt. Amy Nordic. Hey, Amy. Hi. Um, I'm just going to say your words now. Three little columns. How much work? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have to work at work, too. The reason I'm calling. I have to be me. The reason I'm calling. The reason I'm calling was to uh, set an appointment with you. Call. Because we want to talk about how we can reduce downtime and improve your productivity there at the plant. I'd really like to. I'm just covered up right now. It's the first of the year, and I'm just slammed. Yeah, of course you're going to be planned to run there, and I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, so, what? How do you manage with time in your calendar? Is there a way that we can set something up maybe next week? Say no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Doing great. Doing great. Is there another way that we can kind of work on your calendar? You're in that middle of that conversation and they just click, right? Or you're in that conversation and they go, listen, I've really been calling in three weeks. That's what people do. And they're expecting that. And because you're expecting that, you become a pattern. And when you're a pattern, what do you typically do in that situation is go, look, I'm really just not that anxious to click. Because they, they don't go, I'm, I told you I'm too busy. Just, I'm not interested. And they hang up. So what we want to do is break the pattern. Okay. So in this situation, he says, I'm really too busy. Say, I'm really too busy. I'm just really too busy right now. Say, that's exactly why I called. That's exactly why I called. Because I figured you'd be. I figured you would be. Or I thought you would be. I thought you would be. Okay, now, think about that. He's a busy, busy, busy facility manager. If you said, that's exactly what I called because I figured you would be busy, all of a sudden, like his brain got fried in that moment because he's not expecting that. He's expecting you to negotiate about his calendar. Okay? So try that again. That's what I expected. Okay, now what are you going to say? What's going to turn this around? Go. I'm waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a couple, um, of, a couple of options. One option would be to say, why don't we find a time that's more convenient for you? How about an offer of the time next week? One of the reasons why that works is he's constantly thinking about whatever he was on. He was in the middle of a report. He called. I'm really busy right now. I can't talk about it. I've got to cover it up. He's not talking about next Wednesday. So why don't we move his focus from now to next Wednesday? Why don't we find a more convenient time for you? How about next Wednesday? That's one way. But you, in your because statement, you said, I, I fixed downtime, saving a lot of headaches. Yeah. That's exactly why I called, because I figured you would be. Because most of my customers are as busy, most of my customers were as busy as you, until... Yeah. We've really been able to help position you in more proactive sense of save you time and, and, and shifted some of that. I feel like you... Not what you want to do. Why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't Grab we? Grab a few minutes. Some time to talk, folks, because... And I'll show you how it works. Show you how it works.
That sounds good. great. Awesome. Awesome. Right in the end of that. Let's get down. All right. Did great, Avery. Oh, I Same thing. 
When you see what I'm doing, you don't want to get into a direct argument, New York. You want to be nuanced, right? It works. It totally works on New York. <laughs> like, let me, let me tell you something. New York is like the, the Super Bowl of cold calling, but it works. The one thing that works in New York, though, that, or you have to do in New York, is you have to keep showing up. Because you got to get told no at least five times before they're going to respect you enough to go, all right, come on in. So, am I right? Yeah. So, but it absolutely totally works. And I have walked the streets of Manhattan. And quick story, prospecting one day in Manhattan, knocked on the door. God goes, yeah, come on back. Brings me back. It's going to be great. I'm going to take you back here to see the boss, blah, 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 blah. Opens the door. He says, walk right in here. Close the door. Boom. And I look around, and I'm in a room, and the only door out of the room is into the alleyway behind the building. <laughs> <laughs> that happens in New York, for real. All right, thank you. Y'all give me a hand. Nice job. <laughs> thank you for the time that you spent with me. Drew's trying to kick me off stage. See how I blame all this on you? It's not me. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the information that we talked about today, uh, the books that you'll find much of this in is in Fanatical Prospecting. You'll find it in a book I wrote called Objections, and you'll find it in a book that I wrote called Sales EQ. So from the very beginning to now, those three books are all an audiobook. I read those books. You can find me all over the web. I've got a podcast that is insanely popular called the Sales Gravity Podcast. Just or type my name in, Jeff Blunt, B-L-O-U-N-T. Uh, and, uh, and if you're on Instagram, I'm at Sales Gravy. I love it when you connect me on Instagram. I'm at Sales Gravy on Facebook, and I'm at Sales Gravy on Twitter. And you can type my name in and find me on LinkedIn. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. See y'all later.